0: there i'm leah ben miller the worship leader of the local church and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our sunday liturgy the local church is a bold inclusive faith community based in chatham county north carolina and our mantra is our mission love where you are we gather for affirming anchoring and empowering worship every sunday morning at 10 a.m at woods charter school and online via facebook live and youtube no matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church, and we're so glad you're here.
1: Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses one 1- through 12. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse No bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And the person of peace is there. Your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you cure the sick who are there and say to them the kingdom of God has come near to you but whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you go out into the streets and say even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off and protest against you you know this the kingdom of God has come near I tell you on that day it will be more tolerable than Sodom than for that town This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be
0: be to God.
2: weeks ago, we um, started a summertime vibe by me sitting down, um, and uh, this week I invited a friend to sit with me. This is uh, Dakota Philbrick. I'll tell you about him uh, a little bit more, um, but he's going to join me here um, because we're starting a new series today that we're calling The Gospel According To, The Gospel According To. When you hear the word gospel, uh, you might uh, think of the gospel according to Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. One of the four narrative accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, stories of Jesus' life that have been passed down from generation to generation, told and retold throughout the centuries, stories that, uh, that, that, that we pick up here as a church and roll around in together, stories that, that still impact our lives and teach us who Jesus is and, and what Jesus is about. The word gospel, the word gospel literally means good news. The word gospel literally means good news. News and so we talk about the gospel of when we talk about the gospel according to Luke. For instance, we're talking about uh, the good news of God for the world in and through Luke's eyes as he shares the story of Jesus. But spoiler alert: the story of God is not over. It doesn't end the last page of Revelation. In fact, the very last verse of the very last gospel uh, in John, uh, John chapter 21, verse 25 says this, but there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. John 21, 25 and, and so what John's getting at here, and one thing that I've come to know, is that the Bible is the living word. The living word. For all the ink in black and red that fill our printed copies, if you still use one of those these days, um, there's still a lot of white space, too. A lot of blank screen, perhaps, if you're using it on your phone. Plenty of room to fill in the rest of the story with our own lives, the way that God is living and moving in and through our own lives. And so the bottom line is that the story of God is still being written. And you are, we are part of it. Each of us carries that good news, the gospel, with us. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, you are a carrier. We've got to reclaim that word a little bit. Carrier of (laughs) the good news. And so for the next few weeks um, in this series, The Gospel According to Uh, I'm going to introduce you to some of my friends, (laughs) Uh, but what what we're really hearing is uh, we're hearing the good work of good people, good people doing good work in our community and beyond. Some you know well, others you may not know as well, Um, and we're going to invite them to share their own good news, their own gospel as it has been made known to them with the hope that it will not only inform, but inspire and empower us uh, to take that good news and embody it, carry it into the world. One of my biases that has sort of guided me as a pastor over the last um, few years is that when we take the time to really share in one another's stories, when we do that work of of deep listening and curiosity with generosity um, and uh, and listen to the ways that others have experienced challenge and struggle and hope and possibility, hear their dreams, their laments for the world, uh, it, it often activates something deep within us when we find those intersections and parallels in our own lives. And we can only really do that when we intentionally listen to the story of another uh, because that's where it becomes real and incarnate and made flesh. Um, And so that's what we're going to do for these next few weeks. That's what the series is all about, and uh, one of the privileges I have as a pastor, last thing I'll say, and then I'll turn it over um, to you. You you can't uh, just talk a lot, Um, but one of the privileges I have is um, just the uh, ability to kind of bebop all over the county and the community, um, meeting really good people, and I often drink lots of coffee. Coffee with lots of people, um, and a common refrain that I heard for a long time is, "You've got to meet Dakota. You've got to meet this guy, Dakota. He's doing such good work in the community um, with Love Chatham." And so we finally made it happen just a few months ago, right? And um, and I was blown away by your passion, by your um, your story. Um, um, and, and what I discovered is that you are probably the hardest working person in Chatham County. Um, if not the hardest, then you're definitely up there in like a top 10 sort of situation. And so today we get to hear um, the gospel according to Dakota Philbrick, uh, the executive director of Love Chatham. He's gonna tell us a little bit about Love Chatham here. Uh, I'm gonna ask him some questions, just like watching a podcast happen live. You feel good about that? You like this? You can let me know after the service. Um, but uh, just delighted to, um, to welcome you today. And so the first question I have, for you, Dakota, is tell us about your religious upbringing. How did Dakota become Dakota?
3: I would love to do that, Brent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop talking now and give you that space. (laughs) No,
3: no. Um, I I love it. So we're we're probably going to zigzag a little bit here this morning, if that's okay. And it is conversational, so it gives me a chance to sort of express some of my thoughts and and ideas, and just sort of share with you some some of the stuff that's happening throughout the community, but before I jump into that, I just want to say first thank you for letting me be here today and um, your kind words. I really appreciate that um, you know I, I take a back seat to the ministry this is not Dakota or even love Chatham this is um, to honor God and to um, bless the uh, community by bringing people together that are like-minded, so earlier, well, I guess it was last year, at the end of last year, your church actually took up a love offering that we benefited from. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that was one of the organizations that um, you blessed uh, in the community by um, sponsoring, so we're grateful for that, and that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to come here today, just to say thank you. And to tell you a little bit more about what we've been up to, <laughs> I pulled a Brent. What's that? You I said I pulled a Brent. No, no, no. You're good. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Um, so, what was the question again? <laughs> so, um, how did uh, How
2: did Dakota become Dakota? Your religious upbringing or just upbringing? Yeah. And how did you get here?
3: Well. Um, Big moments. Yeah, big moments. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I grew up in Bear Creek. Anyone know where Bear Creek's at? That's a part of Chatham County? Great. Um, it's a very rural area, and there's probably more cows than people or more anthills. <laughs> um, but it was kind of a unique uh, upbringing, and just I uh, really um, enjoyed uh Bear Creek and and the upbringing that I had, we got to get outside a lot and enjoy, you know, playing in the woods and picking up ticks and that sort of thing and kicking some sticks around. Um, (laughs) It's good life. Yeah. So uh, I lived about a half a mile from Tyson Creek Baptist Church, and that was where I kind of, um, my roots were initially. Um, and I, you know, I shared some of my testimony with Brent and here's the thing I probably did what a lot of people maybe even in this room have done where maybe you, you start out in church and then you fall away from it and you come back to it. Well, that was, that was me. Um, you know, I, I, um, I grew up going to church. Mom made sure we were there every Sunday. And then I got older and thought I was maybe smarter and decided that I was going to sort of live life the way that I wanted to live on my own terms. And I found out over the years how bad of a decision that was. Um, but it's this cumulative effect, right? It's, it's you're, you're good for a while, and you're coasting, and you're comfortable, and then those bad decisions kind of start to kick in. And it has this effect on your your life. Um, so I go through um, college, and uh, you know I'm I'm out uh, working and trying to earn a dollar, and just earning really pretty good. You're in a couple of yeah. 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 <laughs> um, corporate America compensated me very well for my background and skill sets and so forth. And, um, but that was empty to me. And I learned that later that really, I always thought that happiness was just kind of one move away. Um, and, and it, it, it added up, you know, life got to the point where I was experiencing, um, what I understand now to be depression. And I went through that for a couple of years and it was, it, God redeems us, right? I'm here today because of what I read in this book. And there's a particular scripture that I want to share with you this morning. This is my life verse, and I'll tell you why it's my life verse. In my darkest moment, when I went to my Bible, this is the verse that I read. So let me kind of give you the backstory. I was um, living in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, um, at that point I kind of decided that I didn't want to be in corporate America anymore. So I bought a bar <laughs> and drank a lot of beer. <laughs> I served, we served a lot of beer. I drank a lot of beer too. Probably not uh, just
2: to yourself. Uh, that's I'm where sure my profits it. went, yeah. I guess.
3: Uh-huh. Um, but I, in that vomit, if you will, um, uh, both literally and figuratively, uh, <sighs> Life was hitting me with a lot and I didn't have anywhere to turn. I didn't have any source of comfort in my life at that point. My financial situation was really messed up. My personal relationships were all out of whack, including the one with my uh, wife at the time. I'm remarried and I'm very blessed with my beautiful wife, Elena. Um, But it was just this Sort of like I said, it was this cumulative effect of these bad decisions, and I was in depression, and I didn't know what to do with it, so I began to have some very real thoughts of what would maybe would just be a little better if I wasn't here, right so some suicidal thoughts and um, that it was a life or death decision literally um, I just the Holy Spirit pushed me to open the Bible. I can't even explain it. Um, so I did. My grandfather gave me a Bible for my graduation present, my senior year graduation present from high school. And I went, all this time I never opened it, never opened the Bible from my senior year all the way up until this point. And it's just sitting on a bookshelf. It was still in the, still in the case. I never threw it away. It meant something to me. It was, my grandfather gave it to me. And I think one day he knew I was going to open this book up and that I was going to read what I was supposed to be reading. Um, So I'm just going to flip to Isaiah 41.10, because it was in that moment that I... It was in that moment that when I opened the Bible, it was what do you call it? What do you call these things? Well earmark or book leaf? Yeah, yeah, a little bookmark. OK. So it was sitting on the shelf in the box and I opened it up for the first time in 15 years. And it fell to Isaiah 41:10, and it was highlighted my grandfather had highlighted this passage, and I found out a few years ago that this was actually his life first, um, from my grandmother. He's passed away now. But I'm just going to read the scripture and let it speak for itself. Um, It says, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And God's been doing that for me ever since. Because I leaned into it. I accepted it. Um, I recognized where he wanted me to be in life. And it was to honor him, to be obedient to him to follow the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't do it perfectly. I'm still a broken person. We're all broken people. I woke up and I sinned this morning just like everybody else did. I'm going to sin tomorrow because I make mistakes. Um, We all do it. We get in our flesh sometimes. And that's why we need Jesus.
2: So take us from, um, you said Knoxville? Yes, sir. Knoxville, to uh, you, you came back to Chatham at some point, obviously, yeah. and um, love Chatham is a thing now. And, and so ha- take us from Knoxville, as, you know, with some brevity. Fast forward. Um, yeah, from <laughs> Knoxville to Chatham and, uh, and, and love Chatham and how you got connected there. Because um, it seems like um, the, that verse that you read, as beautiful as it is, has now become embodied in you and the way that you serve uh, others in our community. Um and so we'd just love to hear a little bit about that journey.
3: So fast forward and I'm attending Freedom Family Church. That's where one of my good childhood friends is the pastor. and it was just sort of a natural connection for me because I also knew quite a few people that were going uh, and are attending um, that church. and so it was it was some of it was relational and so many things throughout the community, by the way are it's relational. It's it's. This is how we, I didn't pay him to say that. Yeah, this but. is how we connect with with others around us, and this is where we get the opportunity to even talk about this stuff. Um, so f- you know, for me, it and Freedom Family Church is a small church, right? It's about probably well at the time, of course, the pandemic really was.
2: Um, so this was what about numbers. twenty twenty? Yeah, is when you moved yeah, back, right? so i coming mm-hmm. back
3: to North Carolina. Moved right in the middle of the pandemic. was a great
2: time to move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, plenty
2: of opportunity for religion, plenty of opportunity for that
3: (laughs) Yeah, zoom calls. Um, but it was, it was this, I had a lot of peace about it and I knew that I needed to be in church and this was sort of me coming back to, uh, church when I'm moving back to North Carolina. Um, we, I read a book, um, it's called experiencing God. It's a Richard Blackaby book and it really just talks about being sensitive to Holy Spirit and listening to Holy Spirit and following that. So uh, I felt led to share with my brother in Christ and a and, uh, good friend, Pastor Ben. Um, I said, you know, I think we need to read this. I think we need to go through and talk about it. So we started studying this a little bit and connecting with it. And um, the conversation just kept coming back around to there's a lot of people in the community that need help. Cause they kept approaching the church. And so born out of this um, obedience to what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do was the Love Chatham ministry. Um, I did not start it. I, I was there and you know, certainly part of the conversations, but it was some other men in the church that really took the initiative. So I don't want to take credit for it. I was just there. Um, but I got to see this thing sort of start to blossom. It was a seed that was planted and it takes time to to harvest that, and that's Luke 10, mm. 10 10.2. Mm-hmm. Is the verse that really resonates with me when we start talking about the harvest. Um, but he, God just kept leading us uh, to to help people, and so initially it just started with a clothing closet, and then we did a food pantry. And it's really grown to the point where we have so many opportunities to connect with and to serve the community. We're working on some transitional housing options. I was talking to Irene when I got here this morning, kind of walked in like a stray dog, by the way. I'm like, where do I go? <laughs> um, what if I walked into yeah. What if I walked into it? No. Um, but there is no emergency shelter in Chatham County. And so there are people right now that are living in hotel rooms. There are people right now that actually don't have a place to go. Um, And that's a, that's a weird system for us to try to interact with. They're running it as a business and we're trying to use it as an emergency shelter. And Mm so we don't always line up on our objectives. So we're sometimes there is, you mean the hotels? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, business for them, for us, it's a ministry. And so, you know, we crisscross on that because they like our money, but we also have sometimes a little harder to serve and it's a little harder to connect with some of the community members that, that need that help. Mm. And there certainly are people in Chatham County right now that are experiencing homelessness. There's pockets of poverty throughout the community. The poverty rate right now in Salary City is about 20 or 21%. Mm. That's one in a lot. Five. One That's in five, too 24. many, yeah. Mm-hmm. Over 50% or right at 50% of children... In Chatham County, not just Salisbury, City, but in Chatham County, you're on free or reduced lunches. Mm-hmm. So there's folks are, you know, we're all struggling in some way. The need is there, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so what's the impact that Love Chatham, which is um, working to end uh, homelessness mm-hmm. in, in Chatham County and ensure that every person has um, one of those basic needs of, you know, adequate shelter, and you told me a stat about um, inadequate shelter, in, sure. in I think that was Siler City as well.
3: Um, yeah, 20, about 25% of the houses right now in Siler City are considered to have severe issues, mm-hmm. and that could be like a weatherization challenge, or, and a lot of times, those types of problems can push somebody into homelessness. I had a conversation about that yesterday. Um, the, his HVAC system is broken, so it's causing him some challenges there. We've seen times where community members have approached us with thousands of dollars' worth of utility expenses, and you're like, where did that come mm-hmm. from? But mm-hmm. it was because they had some severe problems with the house.
2: and They couldn't pay. So, you know, I've talked to other people who, who yeah. couldn't pay, and it just adds up over time. And even you know, even during the pandemic when organizations like Duke Energy, you know, gave a grace period on the payments, those yeah.
3: that interest was still piling up throughout, right? The um, largest one that I saw was about $5,000, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, but yeah. it happens, mm-hmm. and it, if you're already struggling for any one of a number of different reasons, then it can just make it that much worse.
2: And so what is Love Chatham uh, uh, doing to help address these concerns, these challenges in the community?
3: Yeah, it's a combination of things, right? There's no, this is no one size fits all and there's really no cookie cutter approach. Um, part of it is, is developing some transitional housing options for community members that need that uh, stopping point. Um, we do serve with uh, our monetary resources to try to give some stability, some stabilizing factor. Some of it could be Utility assistance, rental assistance; those are prevention measures, right? Mm-hmm. So you have you to have, get them up to a baseline, yeah. right, where they can. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes it's much less burdensome, not just to the individual, but to the community as a whole, to uh, intervene potentially with some um, preventative resources. Um, and then there's the emergency components beyond that, where we, and that's where there's some of the like the transitional mm-hmm. housing comes in. Um, a lot of it's just casework, social work. Some of it could be rebuilding relationships. We, there's often times where, um, community members, their family dynamic has fallen apart and where healing, uh, could stabilize that. And that could be another, uh, that's another opportunity. And again, some of that's casework, social work, ministry and counseling. There's more than one way to approach that dynamic, but, um, And then we have a collaborative, if anyone's heard of the Chatham Housing Collaborative, that consists of United Way, Salvation Army, the Department of Social Services, um, CPCA, which is our community action group, and then Love Chatham. So it's these partnerships, it's collaboration, it's community, it's relational. Um, and ultimately, it's, I think we have to stand firm on our foundation. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I know that the chaos in the community is happening because it's starting in the home. The, the chaos in the community starts in the house, mm-hmm. and it spills out into the community. It's something that we see as a side effect and the brokenness. Um, that we see as the side effect of that disobedience to God.
2: Well, what strikes me is um, that it's, it's more than just, uh, you're, you're sort of redefining what it means to be um, homeless, perhaps, that, and recognizing that home is so much more than, mm-hmm. than a shelter, but it is the relationships. It is, yeah. you know, um, just, it's, it's multifaceted. And the ways that Love Chatham in particular is working with groups like Salvation Army and CPCA and a lot of community partners um, to take a really complex and multifaceted uh, approach to um, meeting people where they are and, and helping uh, to empower them toward um, uh, a home for themselves. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah. and, you know,
3: just getting to talk about this, too, it kind of removes and should remove the stigma that sometimes is associated with homelessness, um, and many, many times it is not that person's fault. There are broken systems. Absolutely, yep. There are Mm -hmm. messed up priorities. Cycles of poverty and systems of oppression. Sometimes we Mm -hmm. see irresponsible landlords, for Mm -hmm. example. That's That's a word. Many times, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it happens. Mm
2: -hmm. So um, last question for you, because believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Um, I've had fun. (laughs) Oh, good. Um, You were nervous. Uh, Is... um, How have you experienced, and maybe there's a story, maybe there's um, a person that you can think of, but how have you experienced good news in and through the work of Love Chatham for the community?
3: So yesterday, um, my wife and I are serving the hotel rooms with some uh, food boxes and just connecting with community members that are uh, living in the hotel rooms. And there's a family that we had the opportunity to serve, um, and they, we paid for their room because they're in they're in a they're in, a, they're in crisis mode, um, and we paid for their room, and we're just talking to these guys, and it was not, it's so interesting how this happens. It wasn't us; it was them that placed the conversation back on Jesus, mm-hmm. and. It is very humbling and rewarding, in a sense, um, to connect with community members that want to have those conversations and to center it on Jesus. And we recognize that we may not have all that we have, but we have all that we need when we, mm. uh, when we, when we have God in our lives. So it was this moment of, of prayer and just turning this entire situation back over uh, to to God and knowing that he is our source of peace and comfort. And um, that was part of my testimony, mm-hmm. right? So I get to go out and I get to share that with people. I get to share that testimony sometimes. Sometimes it goes in that direction. Sometimes it's just, you know, we talk about some other things and we talk about resource and opportunity um, to, to course correct things. But um, being able to um, just... Not everybody we know, Brent, not everybody wants to hear the good news or hear the gospel. And ultimately, my goal is just to just work within the community to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime we can bring the conversation back to that, I think we're doing a good thing. Mm. Yeah.
2: I was reminded of um, uh, when you said you, you brought him food, um, that that was sort of yeah. a doorway. Uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu once said, good news for the hungry person is bread. Yeah. Good news for somebody who's hungry mm. Amen. is bread. Man. Uh, well, thank you, you Dakota. You just preached Thanks. the whole sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, that's no. Um, um, do you have time for one more question? Let's do it. All right, two more. Um, favorite ice cream? Mm. Favorite ice cream? Strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Okay. Um, last best
3: movie you've seen? Mm, Field of Dreams. Oh, you, yeah. like, you just saw that for the first time? No, but I saw it again. You saw it again. Okay, good. Yeah. But I was uh, with friends that I love. Okay. And friends that love me, so it's oh. really cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
2: Um, and um, last question: um, book you'd recommend that's not the Bible?
3: Mm. Experiencing
2: God. Experiencing God. Yeah. Thank you, Dakota. Can I pray for you real quick? Yeah. yeah clap. You can go. <clears throat> thanks be to God. Gracious God, I give you thanks for uh, my friend Dakota. I pray um, for his continued good work and good news in this world. How beautiful are the feet of the ones who carry the good news, as it says in Romans, oh God. And so I pray uh, for these feet and, and for your spirit to continue to fill him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, O oh God, that, uh, that in every place um, that he enters, uh, there would be a peace and there would be home, all by your grace, O oh God, your power. Uh, we give you thanks for the ministry and, and just pray that you would continue to empower and inspire us, oh God, to, to figure out ways that we can come alongside, Love Chatham uh, to ensure that uh, those in our community who are experiencing poverty uh, or homelessness um, might, find, um, might find home that goes beyond shelter, oh God, but a home uh, that has roots in you. Uh, bless uh, Dakota and uh, those he loves and uh, bless his work in Christ's name, amen. Thanks, Dakota. Thank you.
0: If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.